1: I'm Dave Hawkins and you've tuned into The Antidote. I find it amazing when a band can last a decade and still have their music continuing to evolve. I find there are too many artists who keep putting out music, but their new stuff is simply a clone of their previous releases. I suppose it's an easy way to make music, but it's certainly not creative. That's why I was all-in when the record label Integrity Music asked me if I'd be interested in having a talk with the band Citizens. Because they've always released music that continues to change and evolve, but the message in their style is unquestionably theirs. The band is set to release a new and, for the moment, unnamed album this year. We've just heard a portion of Here I Am, one of the songs that's going to be found on that album. We're going to get into more of Citizen's new music, but like I usually do, first I wanted to hear about their past. Zach Bolin of Citizen's joins me for this great talk, and he shares about their original release, and I'll bring in the song In Tenderness from that EP. Zach Bolin is in front of the mic at Citizen's, and he's joined the antidote for a talk. It's really good to have you here, Zach. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here. You know, it's amazing that it's been a decade since Citizen started. When you began, what were you wanting to achieve with the band?
0: You know, when we started, we actually didn't know that we would become a full-on band, if you will. We all met. Um, we actually went to the same church. And so there were different people. There was a guy from Ireland and, a, you know a guy that worked at a record label and just all these different people that we all met living in Seattle. And so when the band started, we were making music that we didn't really anticipate sharing outside of just with people that we went to church with or our friends. Really? Yeah. And so when we did eventually share a live recording, uh, it wound up getting a lot of attention, more than we had imagined, enough so that it warranted us to go into a studio and record a, an EP. And so that was really the interesting part about it. I mean, we, we knew we wanted to be a band, but not in the sense of we're going to tour the world and do all that kind of stuff. We just thought, well, we'll call ourselves a band, but really just that just means we'll get together maybe one night a week, and then we'll play on a Sunday and we'll call it, call it good.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I hope you're okay with this because I always like to run through a band's discography. Yes, let's do it. So why don't we talk about that first EP Already Not Yet, and that was, what, 2012? Correct, yep. What was it like recording the EP? Was it what you expected? It wasn't at all. (laughs) Um, We recorded
0: it in this warehouse. It was not soundproofed at all. It was just a pretty interesting space, and the guy who was producing it for us. His name is Brian Eichelberger, who is actually a part of the band and has been almost from the beginning. I don't know, maybe we came in and impressed him enough that he decided, I need to join this band. I I don't know. (laughs) But I think the thing that was probably the most surprising to me was that we just were not ready to record. (laughs) We hadn't been a band very long. We had these different songs and arrangements of different things, but we really didn't understand the process. And so Brian was really helpful in guiding us through that. But even so, the thing that was interesting about our band is all of us had these different musical backgrounds. So you had one guy who worked at a record label that worked a lot with bands that are more in like the heavier kind of scene. Right. And then you, know, you had other people that came from other musical backgrounds. And all of a sudden, you're bringing us all together. And when we would start working on songs, it was more often than not, a train wreck. <laughs> and I think a lot of that's just because we didn't know each other yet. And so what's really interesting to me is that record, that EP, really served as a pretty big turning point for us because I think it put all of our taste and ability under a microscope and helped us to really focus in on what we wanted.
1: But the thing is, is that even your current music isn't that dramatically different from what you were doing a decade ago.
0: Yeah, and I I think part of that's probably me. (laughs) Uh, You mean you're saying you're stuck in the mud? uh, Maybe. Maybe I'm stuck in the mud. (laughs) I don't know. But I think part of it is just from the beginning, I I would say I was the person kind of driving the direction. And so when I I was oftentimes the one bringing an arrangement or a song, and that still is the case. And everyone has sort of kind of found a way for what they do and what they like to fit within that landscape but the thing that's interesting is just over the years maybe they all just like the music that <laughs> that I liked then now I don't know but we have a lot more similarities and I think a lot of that has come through the process of I would say actually finding success and seeing seeing the way that people connected with that first EP mm-hmm. that, that really gave us a great heading for the future
2: In tinderness saw me With sin. and on his shoulders brought me back to his fold again. While angels in his presence sang, until the courts of Die for me, wow
1: me out with something i remember the band being called citizens then citizens and saints then citizens again so maybe i need an explanation you probably do
0: don't you um so we started off as citizens and then we were a part of a church now it's it was kind of a big phenomenon over the past year with the podcast rise and fall of mars hill we were part of that church and In the process of me leaving the church, um, we just thought it was time for us to go because of a lot of things that were going on. They had agreed to let me take the band name with me. However, shortly after I resigned, I was given a cease and desist letter from a label in the UK that was saying, hey, we have a band called Citizens and you guys need to stop using this name. So despite the fact that I got counsel from a very respected lawyer and they said hey you're actually okay I was just so nervous and freaked out I just quit my job I had no real steady income we had decided to do the band thing full-time and the only way forward in my mind was to change the name so that we wouldn't be in some sort of legal trouble I get you. so then you fast forward a few years I understand the record business more. I start learning more. I wind up working at a record label for a little bit. I do all these things, and I just develop more knowledge and insight into the way things work and are and with first use. And we realize, hey, we never needed to change our name. We were the first ones, so we'll go back to Citizens because we like that more, and that's just what it's going to be. And we haven't had any trouble since.
1: Well, there is trouble with it because try Googling Citizens Band. (laughs) and what do you get (laughs) no I don't want something to fit into my big semi
0: that is too funny well you know that's part of our fault too for having a name too that's kind of more of a generic phrase you know
1: well all filling in about me I guess it was 2013 when I first heard Citizens because you released your self-titled through BEC and I guess Made Alive would be considered the hit from the album Yep, Because it gave a solid message about God's grace. But I actually want to talk about the song on the album that follows that one, I Am Living in a Land of Death. Yeah, It's very different from Made Alive because it speaks about darkness. Like when it says, I'm living in a land of death. The trees are burning gray. There's a smoldering smoke overhead. And the light looks like the same as the day. I mean, it's easy to ignore those dark times after we become Christ followers, but should we ignore the past?
0: No, and I think that the past is what teaches us. You know, that's our greatest teacher. What's interesting about that song, especially when you get into the bridge, the kingdoms of men have all decayed, you know, the ruins of progress turned to waste. I don't think either of us realized how true a song like that would be. For a church like Mars Hill, just a few years later, mm-hmm. um, and that for a lot of people, especially our friends and just people that we went to church with, for them when the church ended, they did feel like they were living in a land of death. And I know even for me personally, I lost my dad when I was six years old. I wouldn't say that I, I've lived in a land of death, but I I can relate to the fact that many times in my life it's it's felt that way, um, simply because of the fact that there is a lot of suffering that people endure, all of us, and it's relative to what we've experienced. And I think a song like that is really helpful because it puts sort of both things into perspective, even as a song ends, is that despite the darkness, that there is a light that is drawing us in, is compelling us, and it is somehow greater than the most severe darkness that we can experience in life.
2: I'm living in- The land of dead. The trees are burned and gray There's a smoldering smoke overhead And the night looks the same as the day It seems a miracle that I can stand When everyone I've known Drifts up in the air with the ash every time that the wind starts to blow but i feel alive with the life that's not mine your law is a stream in this wasteland my lifeline so much more than precious gold All your promises, my Lord By them is your servant warned And keeping them great reward i
1: Every band claims to be honest in their songwriting. I find that sometimes that's true, and sometimes it's not. But citizens consistently share how they really feel. Like on the song, I am living in a land of death. That honesty is at the heart of their song, Fear. Listen in as Zach explains. Are you really aiming all of your music at Christians?
0: I would say every song starts off with me writing what I need to hear. And I would say more often than not, I am in a place of wrestling and not necessarily even of unbelief, but more just trying to understand more and more of what what it means to follow God, what it means to even say that I follow a God that I can't see. I just want our music to be a bridge. I want our music to, I want the person that is really devout and full in their faith to turn around and see the person on the other side of that bridge who is walking away, who maybe has nothing to do with faith, has no background at all. And I want that person too, that's walking the opposite direction, to turn around. And I hope that our music can kind of be a bridge, a middle space where people can meet and hear each other's stories. Because I know for me, so many people in my life are not Christians. I didn't grow up in a very Christian environment. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, I really, really don't want our music to just be for one group of people. <laughs> I really, I intentionally, even with our, the language of our records, especially over the past three records, I really intentionally try and use the same kind of language I would use in a conversation with, with, uh, with my neighbor or with someone who doesn't follow Jesus.
1: That's really my intention with the antidote you know i want to ask the hard questions because so many listeners are non-christian and to me it's opening up christianity through the back door i mean i think that so many times
0: like you think about it like this for someone who is a who would identify as a christian we're often taught here are the abcs if you do this and this and this then someone's going to follow jesus and i mean how many times in your life have you actually seen that play out (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's easy to stand at a pulpit. It's easy to watch a YouTube video. It's easy for people to just give sort of these like step-by-step things. But the fact of the matter is whoever it is that you want to know Jesus, they're a person. Mm -hmm. They're a human being with uh, experience and an entire categories for their own belief system. And I just think that one of the most profound things in my life where I've seen people actually come to know Jesus has been through story. And I've seen that through the songs that we've written, but I've also seen that through a willingness to sit and listen with people (laughs) that are
1: different than us. Good point. Now, I hate doing this, but I always want to pigeonhole a band. And Citizen Style is a hard one to do that with, because you have these bright, happy tunes like Made Alive, and then you head into intense songs like this title track from fear does that really mean that citizens doesn't have any boundaries well
0: i i'd like to think that we don't have any but i know we do and i think the boundaries that we live within i really struggle with identifying our music as christian Mm -hmm. primarily because there's just not really any other genres that are first labeled for their lyric. You know, it's mostly based on feel or uh, the emotion that that music brings. Or it's popular music, you know, it's pop. I just feel like I want to be free as an artist to express these things that I'm trying to work out in my life. We as a band have been really fortunate to be able to do that. And so that's why if you listen to our whole catalog, <laughs> it's quite a journey but I don't think that it's taking people for crazy turns if anything there are times when I think people that are really identified as Christian they might struggle sometimes with our songs because for instance the fear record's a good example I never I never used the name God or Lord or Jesus or anything on that record and part of that was just because one i I don't think it was necessary but two i think that there's a lot of ways that you can have a conversation without having to always use the same words this is zach bolan of citizens and you are listening to christian music that doesn't suck on the antidote
1: Most of Citizen's time was spent in Seattle, even though you mentioned now that you're now in Nashville. Yep. Seattle's always been a hotbed for rock music. Did the Seattle music scene play a role in the band's sound?
0: I think in Seattle culture, and I would say in the Northwest in general, there is this deep sense of autonomy and you have a lot of entrepreneurs. So a lot of people who are very driven and are really capable. The graphic designer, a web designer, a contractor, a musician, all these different people that are self-employed. Mm-hmm. And so I think it does set you up to have license to explore creatively and that be accepted. And that is something that I think is really unique to Seattle. Um, that's not like that everywhere. You know, even here in Nashville... If you get too weird, people you might hear about it (laughs) Uh, and get a lot of pushback. You have country, you have Christian, you have some singer-songwriters here. Whereas in Seattle, I think it really does, it celebrates the fact that there is a lot of musical diversity. And so even as a band uh, that was playing at our church, we had our own sound that was different from other bands that played at the church. And that was never seen as anything but something to be celebrated. So if anything, I think that we just felt a real sense of, Hey, we can do whatever we want from the beginning. And we really carried that with us all these years later.
1: Okay. I'm a really mean and hurtful person. So we're going to get personal for a minute. I love it. You and I both suffer from hair loss.
2: Wasn't (laughs) moving
1: to Nashville a total mess for you because now you got to worry about having too much hot sun in your head, Oh you know, instead of damp days in Seattle.
0: Yeah, you're right. And I also, see in Seattle, I had all these wool hats, like even these wool baseball hats. And now here in Nashville, when I wear one, I take it off and it's like a pool of water just falls down all (laughs) over me. So I got
1: to be careful. That was my issue today outside. (laughs) (laughs) So you get it. I totally understand. We can relate. Okay, I want to go on to a song that you included on Amir Dimly, And this one really caught my attention madness speaks about having doubts many christians have a hard time being honest about that should we share our doubts i mean obviously you did in your song
0: yeah i do i do think we should and i think that that's probably one of the biggest pain points for a lot of people in the church especially right now i think there is this belief that if you open the door to people's questions And if in the process of opening that door, the answer you give them is not satisfactory to them, that somehow it's going to create this poison in the church where people all of a sudden are not going to believe anymore and are going to walk away. And I just think that is ridiculous because what's interesting about that is people are walking away because that's not been a safe place for conversation and questions. And that was what I felt interestingly enough, I, I didn't feel it at the time we landed at another church after Mars Hill. Even though Mars Hill was a place where there's a lot of just like open conversation, you would think. Behind the scenes, there wasn't really a lot of freedom to just say, hey, I don't know what I think of that. If anything, if you said that, you'd be given a stack of books and then put into the corner and treated like, you know, at the little kid's table. <laughs> and I think that's a really sad reality. And I mean, even now with the Internet we just don't extend a lot of grace to people. And I mean, you think about it, like, man, if somebody knew all the thoughts that I had even five years ago around, do I even believe all this? You know, if I just aired all that out on the internet, I probably would have been written off by by specific groups of people. And the thing that's really interesting though is, you know, five years later, I'm in a different place than I was then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we don't take into account is that, We all change, and we're all growing. And I think inevitably, though, when we build these walls, it pushes people away, and it just gets hostile, and I just think that there's a better way forward.
1: It's funny how many churches, they don't want any questions. They don't want any doubts. Here it is. This is how it works. Yeah.
0: I think COVID really provided an interesting moment specifically for church leaders to have to do some soul searching in particular you have a lot of people coming out of the pandemic um not really interested in going back to church and that's that's pretty you know significant amount of people even if they still come occasionally they're they're kind of wondering is this do i really need to keep doing this Why, why am i doing this and I just think that if the church were willing to be facilitators, and I think it would actually be an act of service to people by saying, hey, this is why we do what we do. Being willing to even question the philosophies <laughs> and the systems that are in place at a particular church, I just think that would go a long way. In my experience, there's not usually a lot of willingness. I think the, the idea is that, well, it, this is just the way it is. And if you don't like that, then too bad. And I, and I think that that is really, really ridiculous. Because if you were to go back to your six-year-old self and think about all the questions you asked your parents, <laughs> and, well, why is it that way, mom and dad? You either had a mom and dad who was going to explain it to you and, okay, and listen to you, or you had a mom and dad that said, that's just the way it is, or, <laughs> or just not even address it at all. And I think... There has to be that willingness for us to kind of go back and remember like, what was it like when I was 14 or 25 or 32? Like, when I was trying to ask these questions and think through this stuff, what was that like for me? What would I have needed? And we all would have needed people around us. And I think that we do ourselves no good when we create a barrier.
1: It's bound to happen because people do change how I was in my twenties and how I am now. It's almost two different people. I I feel the same.
2: Shadows of doubt stealing my sleep. I'm wearing down without any relief. Tired eyes and the tangled up soul. I'm feeling lost. I-
1: Some people are happy to stay at the same place through their faith journey. Personally, I like to see my Christian walk to change and progress. That was also the intention of the song Madness. Okay, you got to tell me, are you ready to worship? Let's hear what Citizens released in 2020. Well, you brought up about COVID. So many bands weren't releasing anything during COVID. Mm-hmm. You did the opposite. <laughs> Because you released two versions of The Joy of Being. So you had the full band release, but then the wild part was is that you recorded a stripped down version on an iPhone at your church. Yep. Where did that idea come from?
0: You know, it funny enough, this idea was kind of cooking long before COVID. And so we had this idea of let's make a record we release sort of these stripped down versions of the songs and then a few months later we'll release the record that was that was always there and then a few months out from doing the iphone recording it occurred to us that because we started to record acoustic versions and all this stuff it just sounds like too polished like what else could we do Mm -hmm. so we just got a bunch of iphones together and we set them up And we put one on the piano and we put one on the floor and we just sort of used the iPhones and used 100% of what they recorded to use for that record. And I think that was a really, really interesting thing in the timing of it all because we recorded it and then a few weeks later was when lockdowns and everything began. Even at the point when we were recording it, we, we had heard, oh, COVID, what's that? Just the timing of of all that was really special. So then we release it and we say, hey, uh, why don't you record your versions of this song? And because everyone was on lockdown, they had a lot of free time. That's right. (laughs) We got these amazing versions of these songs. And honestly, I bet if we tried to do that right now, we we wouldn't get nearly as many people involved. And I think it was just a really perfect time for that. And so it wound up being a really really unique way to connect with people over music specifically with their arrangements of, of our songs
1: and thanks to you you offered everybody a great distraction from covid <laughs>
0: we tried a little
1: Citizens may hate me for what I just did there, but I wanted to show how different the two versions of The Joy of Being can be. The first half was the phone demo version of Only Jesus Christ. Then we finished with the full band edition. Well, tonight we've been sitting in the past up until now. Let's bring it to the present with Citizens Everything and More. We got to talk about 2022. You have a new project coming out we do we just released our first single
0: called everything and more and we'll be releasing some more songs and we're still kind of nailing down when the record will release but right now we just are excited to have music out
1: and to be sharing it well that new single is everything and more that's tremendous i mean really it's a big step forward sonically it's so rich thank you Uh, we (laughs) we feel really proud of it
0: I think that's okay to say.
1: Something else about the song is that it has lyrics that are bound to raise questions. The song says, what a thrill letting go to admit that we don't know. Take a breath, open your hands, we are just beginning. So if that is describing faith, some Christians may call you a heretic. They probably will. (laughs) (laughs) And you're okay with that? Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time,
0: <laughs> first time I've been called that. Um, for me, especially with that song in particular, I was feeling this sense that there is a growing chasm and divide between people. You are either on one side or the other. And there really isn't any gray or in-between. And I think the internet has exasperated that in the worst way possible. Because now, all of a sudden, if you have a belief or an idea that is offensive or is wrong, you can inevitably find people that support you in that, and it makes you feel justified in that view. And in the same sense, you can have a view that's really right and really good and have a lot of people that support that, but somehow it becomes this big, huge, angry mob of us versus them. And what I was realizing was in my efforts to try and bring friends together to have conversations about things that were different on, it just was not working. (laughs) And it hit me really in the process of writing this song that perhaps there is a bigger thought. There's something that's far more distracting in a good way from all this negative talk. And that's this belief and this idea that God is bigger than we can possibly know. And that these walls and these boxes and these spaces that we've tried to confine God in Crisis comes along in our life, and all of a sudden, this God that we've had closed up in this room, it doesn't work for us. It can't accomplish the thing that we thought it could accomplish. And then you get into, well, was that God at all? (laughs) And I just think that we are so stuck on needing to have things figured out that we've lost sight of really the beauty of imagination. And that's what this song is getting at, is a willingness to say i don't know and when we get to that door which sometimes the i don't know door can feel really defeating and you think about that whether you're christian or not you ask a question especially a big question maybe it's a health thing go to the doctor and they say i don't know i thought it was this it's not that but the health issue is still there that's pretty defeating and i think we can look at those moments in life one of two ways we can turn around and hang our head and say it's over Or we can see that I don't know as an opportunity or as a door to walk through. And in regards to my experience of following Jesus, I have decided over the past few years that when I find an I don't know door, I'm going to walk through it. And when I do, inevitably, I wind up finding something better than what I was actually looking for.
1: That's sort of like how you don't know what you're going to be releasing (laughs) and what date is it going to be. Good point. Yeah. Great point. Everything and More is the first single from the upcoming Citizen's album. And you know, I think this is the first time I've ever had an artist interview where neither of us knew what the release will be called. But really, the name isn't that important, because from what I've heard, it's going to be excellent. Well, last week's massive power outage crushed any idea I had of having an artist in for an interview. But I will be bringing lots of new music next week since my collection of new singles continues to grow. For tonight, let's hear the final installment of my talk with Citizen Zach Bolin, as I ask about what I feel might be the very best song they've ever done. See you next week on The Antidote. I want to close this off with an unheard song from the album. Imagination has a very different sound, and of course we were just talking about imagination, but not this song. So the song has a very different sound from anything else the band has ever recorded. Is this going to be opening a new era for citizens?
0: I think so to a certain degree, but I mean, even back to your question a little bit ago, every record is, is sort of a period piece for us. It it really represents just where we are musically, just in our thoughts and conversations. And I really enjoyed making this record a lot. <laughs> Probably more than I have most records we've ever made, and I've really loved making all of our records. And so the process for this one, though, was I think our, our mindset was, this is our sixth album. We have been fortunate enough to make six albums. Most bands don't even get to two, and we've gotten to make six. And so I just felt, let's just try things that we've never done before and see, see where it, it all lands, and that's where imagination came from.
1: Zach, thanks so much for speaking with The Antidote About Citizens. I really appreciate you sharing your time with us.
0: That was really meaningful. Thanks for the great questions, and I'd love to join. Anytime.
2: So many thoughts in